Welcome to the weekend show. My name is Ken Kidney, and you'll be relieved to know that I am joined, as always, by my box office co-host, Garrett. I can't let that go unnoticed. <laughs> Ken records 10 seconds of silence at the start of the podcast for, what is it, noise can to getting out of background noises or whatever? Yeah, noise cancellation. Yeah, and <laughs> he was holding his script far enough away that he was hoping it wouldn't be picked up on the micro- microphone. So he did this like big roundabout movement to get it in front of his face. Actually, it was a yoga move, Gar, so I'm just getting some exercise while I sit down. Down dog, safety zone. So yes, I nearly laughed through his 10 seconds of silence, which would have made him very upset with me. Yeah, I don't need to remove your laughter because nobody laughs at you anyway. Oh, people laugh at me a lot. Sorry, nobody laughs with you. Yeah, very rarely with me. Laughing at me is a relatively common occurrence. Coming up on this edition, we shoot the breeze about the stories that caught our eye during the week. And in our feature segment, we reviewed the latest entry in J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, before looking forward to the highlights of the busy festive movie season. Jam-packed show ahead, Gar, but before we get a shift on, how was your week? I think you have to sh- get a shift on Irish colloquialism for sex. No, well, like in Yorkshire, it means like, let's, let's get to it. But like to get the shift is that that's that's a colloquialism for sex, isn't it? No, it's like tongue kissing. Oh, shows how much I know. But anyway, would you like to, anyway? <laughs> Pokemon. Yes. Got your Pokemon on the brain these days. I I do. There's a lot of Pokemon. We'll talk more about a different kind of Pokemon in a minute. But let's go, Eevee, and let's go, Pikachu. Released a few days ago, Ken. And I'm off back in Kanto, having fun Kanto adventures with my my Eevee, because I'm an Eevee boy, not a Pikachu boy. I'm not a coward. Yeah, as you know. I am broke at the moment, having just gone back to work, so I can't afford it. Mm. So I'll have to wait. Tell me about it. It's the Kanto games, but fancier looking. People got really mad at these games because they, they're they made with the fact that they want to make a game for people who may play Pokemon Go, which is a lot of people, Ken. And they want to make an approachable, kind of relatively straightforward game to introduce them to the, like the, the larger Nintendo console RPGs and ideally sell, sell them a Switch while they're at it. And people get super mad that they're like, oh, it's a baby Pokemon game. Like, Pokemon games weren't always made for children and made progressively very easy over the last years as well. It's not like Pokemon games were ever hard. It's just stripping out some of the dumb mechanics that, you know, Pokemon have. There's 800 of them with all of them. have Well, not all of them. Most of them have two types. There's background mechanics. They stripped all that out just to make an easy, approachable, fun experience where you can make your Pikachu's hair into a perm. <laughs> exactly. perm perm Pikachu indeed. And it's fun. It's just a Pokemon game. It's like they remade Pokemon Yellow. And everything they took out wasn't in Pokemon Yellow anyway. In fact, some of the stuff that was... like Some of the stuff is still like Pokemon still have two types. But still, it's fun. If you liked Pokemon Yellow, you'll like Pokemon Let's Go Eevee or Pikachu Eevee. For me, it's the evolution of the Pokemon games that we've always wanted. Mm, it's HD. It's just a, it's HD Pokemon. Come on. Come on, son. So we went from that kind of high fidelity battle experience on the handheld devices, such as obviously from Game Boy to Game Boy Advance and what's the most recent one? DS. Um, 3DS. 3DS, of course. And now we're kind of into the console world. And people are like, oh, it's not a main series game or, oh, it just better not be the main series game, even though they've already announced that there is a main series game in the works that will be released on Switch. So this is a... Yeah, Gen 8 is out next year. This is a spin-off. Did you buy the Pokeball? No, I didn't. Are you going to buy the Pokeball? You see, the only reason I buy the Pokeball is because you get a Mew with the Pokeball. Ooh. And that's a lot. That's 30 30 bucks for a Mew, basically. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I might. We'll see. The thing that interests me about the Pokeball is playing other games with it. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to play Dark Souls with the Pokemon Pokeball. No doubt. Because I think someone beat Dark Souls with an orange recently. What? I don't remember how this was set up. But maybe it was Banana. It was some kind of fruit setup. They set up some bizarre setup to beat Dark Souls, which is a notoriously hard game. So there's going to be like Dark Souls beaten with the Pokeball of Pokeballs. With no organic piece of fruit or like a controller that's shaped like a fruit i think i don't remember <laughs> i don't remember the intricacies of the story i probably saw the headline and probably i'm misremembering the headline but still wait a second you can play different games with the pokeball it's a controller whoa it's just flat out a controller okay it's just like a pokeball shaped controller it has very few buttons there's one on the back for like like going back and there's one on the top for confirm and then you move like the the button part of the Pokeball is a joystick so you move around and control things like that. So in theory you should be able to use it with other games. You'll have very limited inputs but in theory you should be able to use it with other games. Diablo, I choose you. Is yeah. that a thing? Well Diablo's a game, yeah. It was released. Damn it. What's, what's in Dark Souls? It sounds like a devil thing. I don't know. Okay. Diablo, games. if we were talking about Diablo, it would have been a good reference because Diablo was released two weeks ago on Switch. Was it? Yeah, Diablo 3. I, see, I knew that. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I'm, the Pokeball, I don't know. It's actually because you, you play the game with one Joy-Con, just like, because there's, as I said, there's there's confirm, go back, and move. Those are the only buttons you need in the entire game. So you literally, you just play it with the Joy-Con. It's a very comfy game as a result. Does it cause problems with dexterity in the sense that, like, you know, for me, when I'm playing hard gear, I don't know if you got the sensation, your hands start to hurt after a while? Okay, first of all, you said the phrase, playing hard, yeah. and I'll just let that sit for a second. Uh, not for these. If you turn them sideways, you get a little, like, kind of cramped, I think. Yeah. But these, it's literally just sitting as if you were holding, like, your phone in your hand for a long time, except it's a little smaller. Yeah. It's actually easier, because phones these days, if you try to type with one hand, your thumb is, like doing a lot of work you notice twitter redesigned the uh, the front page no nope. so that they moved the button which used to be in the top right down to like above uh, slightly above the bottom bar and i think they did that because if you're holding your phone in your hand i can't illustrate like this but the button used to be up there and there's times depending on the size of your phone where or how you're holding your phone you might not actually be able to reach up there oh so i think that's why they moved it to down here that makes sense. Which is in the lower half of the screen. It's aesthetically unpleasing. I don't like it. It's changed, so I naturally don't like it. Don't like it. But maybe that's why they did it. I don't know. We've had a trend for a while now because when we were younger in the early aughts, phones were getting smaller and smaller, and mm. they were just getting bigger and bigger again. Yeah. As in the last iPhone XL was just ridiculously big. We'll need bigger pockets. You we'll need, need to change the way we design pants because wear, of the size of our phones. Just to wear cargo pants all the time. That's yeah. not a good look. Hey, I'm gonna wear Zubaz. Do they have deep pockets? I don't know. They just look stupid. Do they have pockets? I don't know. I've never worn any. They said packets there. I actually meant pockets. Yes, packet monsters. The thing is, though, mostly people wear Zubas with those things, those bum bag things, what are mm-hmm. called? Bum bags. They're called bum bags. I thought there was like an American name for those. Anyway, so maybe they don't have pockets. That's why people wear that combo. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But it sounds like a babyish game, which I'm into because I can't play hard games. Yeah. They've made it, yeah, they dumbed it down. It's perfect for you. They haven't dumbed it down. It's still Pokemon. Speaking of Pokemon, Gar, you're on a mission to review every episode. How's it going? Stupid. <laughs> uh, like, some of these episodes don't have any depth to them at all, especially, like, the filler ones. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to, like, when I get to the episode, like, 400. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Have you had any panicky moments yet? What do you mean? 
like gotten to the end of the day and then forgotten that you didn't do it no i didn't do one yesterday for for, for reasons but uh no not really you're on track mm-hmm. yeah i think it's not like podcast a day you don't have to do one every day oh yeah if i miss like a few days it's fine the idea is just i'll eventually review all of them one a day is kind of my my guideline but that's not a like a guarantee that's not a podcast today kind of thing where it's like the premise of the podcast is thrown out the window if there's not it's not every pokemon episode reviewed a day it's every pokemon episode reviewed or pokemonreviews.com if you want a shorter url i prefer the i prefer the weirder one <laughs> i own both like both of them take you to the same place but i prefer the every pokemon episode reviewed one because i'm stupid good job girl. so i'm paying for two of them so if you're a pokemon fan check both of those things out pokemon, I, th- I was surprised pokemonreviews.com was available yeah i would have thought that would have been one someone would have bought sometime i guess not i guess not i own it it's mine you bought it yeah you don't get urls for free ken what's your site hosted on uh what's the godaddy i think like godaddy i don't care there's like way more famous ones like what wix and squarespace we're not sponsored by either of those by the way i'm gonna leave that bit of silence in because the ice cream van came outside ken's house and I really hope it was picked up. Yeah, he comes around even though it's like raining and cold. Yeah, today's what? November 16th? 17th? Uh, 17th, yes. You're right, yeah. November 17th. It's cold. It's not that wet, but it's like overcast and threatening to rain. And the ground is wet. And yeah, he's just like, ice cream? Ice cream? And it's like half six on a Saturday. Everyone's going home. Yesterday he was playing the Pink Panther theme and it was very sinister. Oh, he's, oh, he's just like... Come here, kitties. Come get your ice cream. It's just really dark and it's like... Yeah, it's half half six. It's pitch black now. No one's outside. What's an ice cream van doing outside? It's half... He's definitely kidnapping children. Yeah, for sure. He's trying to lower them in. But for me, if I had an ice cream van, I'd do the, the rounds in the summer. And then what I try to do, like, in the normal parts of the year that people don't usually buy ice cream autumn and winter i just like try and do events mm, or like um markets and stuff like that yeah and a lot of uh corporates they love like bringing in ice cream vans to show that they do csr for their employees as well sure good employee experiences ice cream now work by agreeing to take this ice cream you also waive any other benefits <laughs> yes how have you been doing what have you been doing this weekend uh mostly uh exercising so I'm getting into yoga. I'm being healthy and being a good boy. I'm very fat these days. I'm far too fat. I'm gonna have to do something about that. You're not fat, Karen. Mm. I had to say it, but thank you. You know, just to make you feel. It's better. not true. But yeah, I get into yoga, doing a bit of swimming. You know, I I use like uh, DDP yoga, which is the former wrestler Bang. turned fitness guru. Diamond gutter safety zone. I'm not a huge fan of him shilling stuff constantly, like trying to sell me stuff. <laughs> Listen, he's got to make a living too. But it's a good workout. But like, he, he wants you to become like part of the cult. And I'm not into that. DDP premium diamond cutter, double diamond cutter, top rope diamond cutter member. Yeah, all this stuff. And like, you know, join the community and like obsess over it. But I do it as part of a regime mixed with kind of some walking, some some swimming. I'm not a gym guy. Never have been. Mm. But it's getting good results and I'm feeling good. And yeah, bit of a strange, strange week because uh, yesterday we had a, a bereavement. Mm, death in the family. Yeah, our uncle died. Just strange. This episode is dedicated to Donal or Dan, as some people called him. Yeah. When someone called him Dan the other day, I was like, who? 
Who's that? Yeah, I was like, he's done. But anyway. Truth be told, we hadn't really seen him in about 15 years, I guess. Maybe, yeah. We're terrible. We're terrible nephews. Yeah, so we used to visit him every Christmas when we were children. And then when you start doing your own thing, we just didn't anymore. Mm. Even though I live in the place where he lived for a long time. So you have no excuse. I have no excuse. And we talked about this yesterday. Like, it's kind of a strange type of grief in that it's not really. Mm. Like, I feel like I should be sadder. I feel like I'm a really bad person. And like, because it's like, I'm sad and I'm objectively, I feel bad and upset for the family. And, you know, I, I think about how it affects our dad. That's kind of mostly what I'm concerned with. But I also feel distant from it. So it's a weird, empty feeling. Yeah. You're a monster. That's what you're getting at. Yeah. The, we're going to rename this the monster of people who have no feelings and are going to become sociopaths show. It wasn't always called that? No. It's a weekend show starring like... Ken Gidney and Gar Gidney. Yeah, well, you took, well, it's actually just TWS. It's actually TWS now, isn't it? Yeah. Even though the social handles are still TWSKK. Yeah. It makes no sense, Ken. I like the way you come up with things that talk about like health, because probably the only thing you did this week was to go see the film we're talking about in our main segment. That's pretty much it. My weeks are very boring these yeah, days. Yes, Mr. Go Back to Work. It's winter though. So. It is. It's dark out at like half four. Shall we get to some news stories, Gar? Hmm. We've kind of rambled on. For I was recognized by. Uh, I I taught for like six months. I was recognized by a student on the way here. Like, hey, sir. It's like, you don't have to call me that anymore. <laughs> Nobody calls me sir. Or does he? <laughs> don't you call me Garrett? Would you feel weird if he called you Garrett? Well, I don't think he knows what my name is, but yeah, probably. <laughs> that would require like a level of uh, investigation into my personal details that I might become a little uncomfortable with. <laughs> Yeah, so you've got a bunch of devotees who... But people do that these days, don't they? So once they... like, if, You know, young people are, are quite savvy. So if they had a teacher, you, you could be pretty sure they're going to look them up online. Oh, yeah. So you have to be careful Everyone with your Google settings. teachers. The problem yeah. is, like, none of the... Like, we, we came up in... Well, toward the end of my, my schooling, like, teachers would have been tech savvy. But, like, all the teachers I had would never even had, like, a Facebook page. So... Yeah. Now you can be, like, cost doing some really dumb stuff but also be a teacher it's kind of weird then there's like rate my teacher and that kind of stuff so it's like the sites like that that sounded sound like something else <laughs> oh i wasn't listening all so right let's move on before that gets weird the last few shows have been pretty politics heavy gar so we're going to keep it light this week with some exciting updates from the world of entertainment not all of them are exciting oh yes actually yeah the first one is quite somber <laughs> i'm afraid well, it's not that somber either, but it's just... Anyway, but like you were like, but we had to put some politics in the show yesterday. And now you're in the script. It's like, we left the politics out this week. <laughs> yeah, because I reflected, Gare, and I thought about our audience. And I realized that we need a bit of levity. Yeah, speaking of levity, Stan Lee died. Yeah, age 95. And he's 95. Like, come on. <laughs> That's one of those things, like, there's a lot of outpouring of kind of you know emotion and people creating art and you this know. Was, this one was we we're talking about be feeling sad for death like yeah. this is the one i don't know how you can feel sad for it he's 95 he lived an awfully long time yeah 95 year olds die it's what they do it's what they're more likely to do probably than most other things and this man left a cultural impact on the world like few other human beings he like look at the look at the most successful properties in the world now Ken. he created a good bunch of them yeah. What I like about Stanley, what he built with Marvel was he always wants to make it accessible to the fans and never really talk down to anyone or made him feel stupid for 
how much they loved it or you know how passionate they were or their kind of ideas and another thing is as well he was not he was never that precious with the ip either like he was very happy to let other people interpret it and hand it over to other minds to kind of take forward and to re reimagine that's the thing he went from creating things to just being the guy who created them you know like like he he didn't have super long runs with most of these comics he's like he created all these characters had their runs and passed them off and then created a few more and did that a few times and then just became stan lee you know the guy who created all these characters who's famous the brand ambassador as it were yeah he's just like he became a brand unto himself it's like oh it's stan lee look at him and he's cameoing in all these films and he kept himself relevant like that instead of like like jack kirby who co-created most of these characters and I forgot he was a person until right now. Yeah, exactly. Where Stanley's front and center. There, arguably, not even arguably, the truth is that his most famous creation was Spider-Man. Well, I would have said all the Marvel characters. And we've got a nice clip here, courtesy of the BBC. Did it not allow us? I'm just saying that so they don't sue us. <laughs> You're like, oh, the BBC were kind enough to send over a clip. <laughs> they did not. I took it from the BBC. But this is a clip of him describing how he created Spider-Man. I was sitting thinking of it, trying to think of an idea, and I saw a fly crawling on a wall. And I thought, gee, wouldn't it be something if, if we had a hero who could crawl on walls like a fly? So I said, yeah, that's great. Now, then I need a name. So I thought, fly man? That didn't sound dramatic enough. Insect man? No. And I, I went down a list, and then I got to spider man. And somehow, Spider-Man. It sounded a little scary. It sounded impressive. So I said, I'll call him Spider-Man. I wanted him to be, Spider-Man, to be a teenager, but I'd make him a different kind. He wouldn't be a sidekick. He would be the hero. And again, to make him empathetic with the, with the readers, I figured I would let him be not that good-looking, not that successful with girls, he doesn't have a lot of money. He, in fact, he doesn't have enough money. He's an orphan who lives with his aunt and uncle. I thought that would make him relatable to a lot of kids. Yeah, I'm really glad he came up with a different name because Flyman would have sucked. I believe we have betrayed the core tenets of the characters, Ken. Tom Holland is very good looking. And he's like, oh, he shouldn't be that good looking. He shouldn't get girls. It's like everyone's fawning over Tom Holland. Andrew Garfield wasn't a... Toby, yeah, Toby Quarry is the perfect... He's an awkward-looking weirdo. I don't know. I think uh, Holland has a bit of a goofiness to him. I thought you were going to be like, I don't know, Toby Quarry's... He's cute. <laughs> I would. But Tom Holland is objectively... He's a good-looking human being. He is. and But he has the youth that he imagined. Uh, yes, we have to punch him in the face a few times. We have to bloody him up. But it just shows the imagination that he had, that he was able to just kind of look around him and then come up with an idea just by observing his surroundings. We were talking about Pokemon, Ken, and the thing you always give out about Pokemon is that they look around the office and turn them into Pokemon. And now here you are, Stan Lee just sees a fly in a wall, and he's like, that's a Spider-Man, I guess. And you're like, genius. The difference is, Gar, that once you get 800 or what is it now, 1,000 deep. Nor about eight, 860, I think. Looking around you, it just becomes like the way you come up with Pokemon. Sometimes, Gar, looking around you is the way that you can come up with genius. Are you saying that Spider-Man is not a cultural phenomenon and not genius, Gar? Are you saying that the bin bag Pokemon's not a cultural phenomenon, Ken? You mean Trubbish? Trubbish. <laughs> He's a great Pokemon. Or what about the candlestick or the ice cream? Chandelure or, or the keychain, Clefkey. 
They kind of explain it that they're psychic or they're ghost Pokemon, so I kind of I get it. But we're talking about Stan Nagar. Back to Stan <laughs> Okay. So, yeah. Uh, Fly Man would have been a bit weird, so would Insect Man, so I'm glad he went with Spider Man. Hmm. And. In fairness, it probably wouldn't be weird if he went with it. The only reason Spider Man sounds right to you is because he went with Spider Man and Spider Man's very successful. If, it, if that was called, like, Arachnid Man, you'd be like. You know, now you like couldn't possibly be called Spider Man. It's Arachnid Man. I gotta go see the new Arachnid Man. Maybe. Yeah, Arachnid Man, Arachnid Man does whatever Arachnid Man can. You even committed a song here. Look out! Here comes Arachnid Man. It stands to him though that you know, even though he's dead, these characters will live on long after he he's gone. Long Disney will be milking this cow. Long, long, long after we've forgotten who Stanley is. But I think there's something kind of cool about that. You know, people who create these kind of characters and these things that kind of endure that. There's kind of an immortality to it, isn't there? Mm. Except now they're corporate entities owned by Disney. Yeah. <laughs> it's Spider-Man TM, not Spider-Man, the creation of Stanley. But Stanley's name will be on all of these things uh, until the end of the time. And he still has cameos coming up. So He does. So he'll... Still be living on for another couple of years. Is this kind of weird? Yeah. This will be in Avengers Infinity War 2 or whatever it ends up being called. And and clearly Thanos didn't freaking finger snap him away. Yeah, he's still there. Maybe he's like the, the, the way he's like the big good guy in the next one. Yeah, that's how they bring him back. All the Stan Lees of the universe, which I think they've actually established that they're all different Stan Lees, I think. Stan Lees assemble. Yeah, that's that's how they save the day. He's going to be the guy that saves everything. He's like, Captain America's like, oh man, we're all going to die and everything's shit. And the time travel thing didn't work. And Stan Lee's like, move aside. Excelsior! And then punches Thanos in the face and everything comes back. Apparently there's a rumor that he created a new superhero just before he died. So who knows whether we'll see that come to light. Is this going to be like artists who die and an album's released like 15 years later from their like unreleased material cobbled together it's like stan lee left a drawing on his desk when he died it's it's like yeah stan lee's last superhero could you imagine if it's really bad <laughs> like the urge would be to do something with it but then you know like Ugh. yeah stan lee became really racist in his old age or like uh, harper lee's another one it's like she only wrote to kill a mockingbird and then a few years ago another book of hers was released and some say it might have been slightly against her will speaking of against her will there was some accusations in his later years of elder abuse oh yeah he's that apparently there was a lot going on there with his family and him being abused but and them stealing his money mm-hmm. uh eventually his his daughter got control of his estate and apparently he's pretty well looked after after that after that but it's kind of sad that the last few years of his life were kind of blighted by a tug of war over his estate and possible abuse the woes of being rich ken indeed gary yeah, you're excited about this one and i am too but i'll let you take this one uh, wait, you say that as if the whole world isn't excited about Detective Pikachu, Ken? Well, 40 million views as of this recording shows that they are. It's probably a great deal more than 40, because I assume that was just, what, the trailer on YouTube? Just the Warner Brothers one, but there's also uh, Of course, it's been posted to 900 million channels, and it's been posted on Twitter 9 million different times. Uh, so yeah, Pokemon has come to live action at last, Ken. And I think it looks pretty good, except the Jigglypuff. The Jigglypuff looks weird, yeah. but the rest looks pretty good. Jigglypuff was pretty divisive. And this is kind of a strange one for me because I wasn't too aware of the Detective Pikachu franchise. I knew it was a game. It's not really a franchise. It's just a game. Yeah. They've released one Detective Pikachu game. Oh, I thought there was more than one. No, there's one in Japan and then there was like a, a kind of expanded version released in the West, which might have came to Japan as well. But that's it. 
that yeah. expanded version was just like a, a, a 1.5 version of Detective, Detective Pikachu but we can all agree that a live action Pokemon movie has always been a dream car hmm. naively I didn't know that Detective Pikachu was set in the Pokemon universe I just thought Pikachu was kind of just living in a normal world you know, <laughs> what? just Pikachu is the only Pokemon yeah that, that's what I thought because I never saw it so like I was surprised to see the other Pokemon in it but I'm like and I never expected this to be the way we get that live action Pokemon movie but I'm excited I was shocked the trailer's good like I, they, I heard they were making a Pokemon movie and I'm like oh no all video game movies are bad and then it's like Detective Pikachu is what they're going for of all the things they could do with Pokemon yeah I thought there'd be a main series yeah a big like kid going on an adventure kind of thing but I think in, like, in a lot of ways doing Detective Pikachu is probably the best way to do this first because you can just kind of poke fun with it and have fun with it instead of like them going for like the full earnest kid adventure film and if that's bad it's like oh but like Ryan Reynolds is like at least 40% Deadpool here yeah like there was a lot of people kind of apprehensive about him taking the role because they were cautious that he was just going to be a, another version of Deadpool but Garth speaking of that we have another clip in which we hear him performing as Pikachu for the first time so let's take a listen and we can talk a bit more about it Someone there? Whoever you are, I know how to use this. Oh, jeez. Here we go. I know. You can't understand me. But put down the stapler or I will electrocute you. Did you just talk? Whoa. Did you just understand me? Oh my god, you can understand me! Stop! I've been so lonely! They try to talk to me all the time, all they hear is Pika Pika. Uh, you can hear him, right? Pika Pika! Yeah! Pika Pika Pika, he's adorable. You're adorable. They can't understand me, kid. Can no one else hear him? Listen up. We got ways to make you talk. Or mine. Yeah. So tell us what we want to know. Pipe. Yes, okay, I can. Shoving. Pushing. My problem is that I push people away and then hate them for leaving. He's saying you can shove it. What? I can shove it? Okay, that's it. No, we're switching roles. I'm bad cop. You're good cop. No, 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 we're not cops. So there's Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds. That's Ryan Reynolds. Someone suck at that. Ryan Reynolds is playing Pikachu. You're mean to me. <laughs> Carry on talking so I can cry for a while. Yeah, that's Ryan Reynolds and Detective Pikachu. It's interesting. As I said, it's a good, it is a good 40% Deadpool, but it's charming and it's, it's like the Pikachu is so adorable. By the way, Ken's very excited. He has this new setup that he can put clips into the show in real time. He's... Yeah. Yeah, expect that in the future. It's like, it's, in fairness, it's a callback because that's how who, who Knew's Best used to be. That's how our new segment used to work, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I'm testing it out at the moment, so if this doesn't work out and the sound is awful, then I will be very upset. And this entire conversation we just had will probably be edited out of the show. <laughs> and kind of have to cobble together <laughs> cobble together something or like from previous episodes just put together like sound bites yeah. to make like a episode or actually you could just edit, edit it in manually afterwards but still I could yes regardless it looks amazing it looks shockingly good and like this film is going to make so much money oh man yeah like they released this film thinking you know let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee is out on Friday they released the trailer on Monday I'd imagine they released it thinking, Pokemon hype this week, there's a new game out. But I actually think the relationship this week is going to end up working the other way. 
Or it's like, Detective Pikachu, that's amazing. I'm going to go buy a Pokemon game. There's one out on Friday, you know? Talk about synergy. I know. It's, it is good corporate synergy. And like Gen 8's coming out next year. This film's out in May. Pokemon Go is still firing all, all cylinders. It's still a gigantic, gigantic hit. And they released Sinnoh Pokemon this week. So the Pokemon franchise is just like, grr, grr, money, 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 money. We talked about this before, Gar, because it had its peak when we were younger mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. That's probably when it was at its biggest, arguably. No. But now... It's overtaken that. Oh yeah, okay. I'm with you. Okay, uh, I, was, I was pausing for dramatic effect. Okay. 2016 is probably like the peak of Pokemon. That That's somewhere a Pokemon... Pikachu Pokemon. Yeah, I see what you did there, Ken. <laughs> Thank you. Carry on. But that Pokemon... That's somewhere a Pokemon Go when that game legitimately took over the world. It became a worldwide cultural phenomenon even considering Pokemon in the first place is already a worldwide cultural phenomenon. You know what's a phenomenon when people died? Yeah. <laughs> or, or when the, the news started reporting on it about how it, oh, you have to be dangerous about this horrible Pokemon Go thing that the kids are playing. And all the think pieces in all the major media as well. Yeah, like then I think that, that that was probably the height of Pokemon. And then like I think from then it came, it came down a level and it's hit a steady state level of popularity that's probably above where it was in say 2013. Which is to say like all Pokemon games have sold like 10 to 15 million copies, Ken. These games are humongous hits. Pokemon never went away. Pokemon It's not like Pokemon died and came back. It's like uh, Black and White sold tons of copies. X and Y sold tons of copies. All the remakes they've made sold tons of copies. It's still a huge franchise. And now it's it's just even bigger. Good God. And like I, I was saying it's this... It's a literal monster. <laughs> you, can't, you can't fit I'm it in your pocket today. anymore, Ken. <laughs> no. Or you can line your pockets with it, huh? I'm going to say I'm on a roll here today. But I was saying to you yesterday, people always write off Nintendo. You know, they're like, oh, Nintendo are doomed. Nintendo are lost touch. So long as Nintendo have Mario and they have Pokemon, two legitimate cultural institutions, two like transcendent pieces of pop culture that everyone recognizes, as long as they have that, they'll be fine. Somewhat related in our next story, Garb. Somewhat buried, you might say. But also a thing of its own. The Toy Story 4 trailer dropped. It was the first teaser of the new movie coming early next year, or mid-next year, sorry. Hmm. It, it dropped, but was far overshadowed by Detective Pikachu. It sure was. Monday was a wild day. Because like when three of these news stories happened on Monday. Because yeah. the, the first thing Monday, Toy Story 4 trailer dropped. And I was like, oh, Toy Story 4! Then the Detective Pikachu trailer dropped, and everyone lost their minds. And then later in the afternoon, Stan Lee died. So yeah. it's like, what? what kind of day was that? It was quite the day indeed, Gar. Now, as you said, there's going to be views all over the place. Like, lots of different YouTube channels have a version of the trailer. But just talking about the original source. So, Detective Pikachu got 40 million. And Toy Story 4 got 11 million. Yeah. Which is surprising. Disney were pissed. You could tell Disney were pissed. It's like that stupid electric rat just stole all our Toy Story thunder. Because they released another trailer the next day. (laughs) Exactly. It petered out so quickly that they were forced to release a second teaser. I don't think that was the plan somehow. No, I I would be very surprised if their original plan was to release the second teaser the next day. The second teaser, they even renamed it on YouTube. They dropped it and then they renamed it like, uh, what's the name of the characters? Uh, Ducky and Bunny. Bunny, yeah. Played by Keen Peel, aren't they? Yeah. But they draw they added the word reacts to the trailer just to be like, oh, that's a YouTube word. They're reacting to the Toy Story trailer. Gotta hit that algorithm. Yeah, so so you can tell the people in Disney marketing were pissed that Pikachu stole all their thunder. Oh, that's good, Gar. That's, that's, that's wordplay. Wordplay. Yeah, we're really on a roll we're now. We're professionals, Ken. 
We have professional sounding podcast. We have great content. Why aren't you listening to it? <laughs> so we say that to the people that are listening to it. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Don't go anywhere. The move was unsuccessful, Gar- only garnering 1.9 million views so far on the original source on Disney Pictures YouTube. What do you think of them? Uh, I didn't like the first one. It's fine. It's like that teaser trailer that kind of like, like first of all, when I heard that there was a teaser trailer, I was like, oh my God, Toy Story 4. Then I turned it on. And besides the reveal of a new character, it was basically nothing. I it's it's basically like, an, uh, a, like a what, 80 second animated short yeah. that has nothing to do with the film. I hate that. <laughs> it's bait and switch. In fairness, the second trailer is also like a 60 minute animated short that also has nothing to do with the film. At least it gives you kind of a, an inside view to who are, I assume, two new characters. So mm. it was something. I enjoyed that one more. Keen Peel, obviously very talented and very funny. I got the sense that from the trailer, I got the sense that they got the opportunity to riff quite a lot and kind of just mock the other trailer. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'm fine. It's, it's, it's okay. Detective Pikachu is all that really... Like, like you, you can see if you watch both trailers why Detective Pikachu took over the world and why Toy Story, everyone was like, oh yeah, that's coming. I guess I liked that film. We talked about this in recent weeks, Gary, because we talked about Aladdin and Toy Story and The Lion King coming... Pick, uh, Detective Pikachu means that like next summer it's going to be totally stacked not to mention another Avengers film mm-hmm. we have Cap- Star Wars some next summer as well don't we yeah oh god <laughs> oh, episode 9 is next summer surely hundreds and hundreds of euros of my money are going to go to the cinemas I'm sure there's DC films coming out as well I don't know yeah we'll talk the about Flash. they're still trying to make the Flash aren't they I think so but he feels like he might be one of those like characters like the Hulk that just that, never gets his own films. Yeah, exactly. And is only in films of the, the meat of films. But then it's kind of dubious as to whether we're going to get another Justice League film or not. So mm, And well, uh, Batman's... No, Superman's done, isn't he? Yeah, he quit. Yeah, Henry Cavill's just like, nah. <laughs> I'm out. And Batman's like... T- there, there is a uh, one more Batman film in theory coming. But Ben, no, Aff- ben, yeah, ben Affleck's just like, oh, I don't want to do it. <laughs> So he's supposed to write and direct it and star in it. Then he decided not to be the director or write it. And then there's rumours as well that he doesn't want to be Batman anymore. So. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes, DC. But yeah, lots of films next year. Toy Story looks fine. And we have one more one more big bombshell dropped. Uh, I think this was on Wednesday, wasn't it? In case you haven't heard this, sit down and hold on to your seats. But if you don't like Doctor Who, just stay standing up. It doesn't matter. Hmm. No Doctor Who Christmas special this year again. Yeah, there's going to be a New Year special again. Yeah. Which there has been New Year specials in the past and in, in the, the reboot, but accompanied with Christmas specials, as well as not instead of. Yeah, during David Tennant's last run, he didn't do a full season, but he did a series of specials, which mm-hmm. had a Christmas special and a New Year special. So, yeah, it's not unusual, but it's, it's not Christmas, Gar. It's, it's just not Christmas without a Doctor Who special. Like Matt Smith had a Christmas special and a Regeneration New Year special, didn't he? Yeah, so they can't, like. So they still had the Christmas episode. Between November and December of that year, like his last three stories kind of all came together. It was kind of a mm-hmm. nice kind of full circle thing. But if, if for the last few years your tradition, or since 2005, your tradition has been to sit down uh, after your Christmas dinner, let your food digest and watch some silly, uh, like, like usually uh, cheery, uh, inessential, but ultimately enjoyable Doctor Who Christmas special, you're not going to get one this year because Chris Chibnall is terrible. Yeah, as you said, Gareth. First year since the show returned in 2005 that there will be no Christmas special. And I can understand kind of why they did it. Because the show is bad now? 
Right, I'll let you go on that rant in a minute. Okay. Let me make my point first, and then you can go have. Let me make my point first, and then you can have full reign. Okay? Deal? No deal. I'm just gonna rant. It's bad. <laughs> Shut up a second. <laughs> All right. So BBC has a couple of other Christmas staples in their lineup, namely Mrs. Brown's Boys and Strictly Come Dancing, and they usually dominate the Christmas Day ratings. So I think they're trying to dodge two of their own juggernauts basically and space out the the watches. I just don't think they have confidence on Doctor Who. You think so? I don't think so. Well, it started strong with about 10 million viewers, but slipped down to less than eight in the last few weeks. Because it's bad. <laughs> Go ahead, Karen. We'll let you do it. I really don't. It's just, there's nothing there to like. It's, it's, it's entertainment for children rather than entertainment with children made in mind. So it's slightly condescending. It's very broad. And it's just... Like their their substitute for urgency or interesting plot is just to have them run around a lot and talk increasingly fast. It's just I've I'm getting nothing from it. I think it's it's actively bad. It's it's actively boring, generic, empty kind of children's family entertainment that doesn't have a point of view, doesn't have anything interesting really to say. Like the Trump episode in particular is just like for the love of God, there's there's not there's not a second level there, you know. It's just like in your face with text and that's it. No subtext, no like ideas. It's empty. Now I will rally for the show for one point that I think the issue is that Chris Chibnall has written most of the episodes so far. So you're saying the issue is the showrunner sucks. (laughs) No, only episode three was written, well, co-written by someone else. That's Rosa. And I think Doctor Who's strength is that they have a showrunner that kind of coordinates things. And if there's Mm -hmm. an overall arc, kind of writes that and kind of makes sure that's included in the episodes, kind of dropped throughout the series. But never before has someone written so many episodes as the showrunner. Well, Stephen Moffat would write a lot. Yeah. He'd, he'd usually write three or four. Yeah, but he's written like five of them now already. And most of them are bad. So I think it's six I haven't seen, I, I haven't, like it's Doctor Who aired six days ago now, Ken. I haven't watched it. This week's episode is a lot better. It does have some ideas. It does have a bit of depth. It's not written by Chibnall, so that's probably... So really, you just hate it. It's just Chris Chibnall's fault. That's uh, what we're coming to. <laughs> run and run as well. Every episode from now on, except the last one, is not written by him. So it could be an idea of where Doctor Who can be strong going forward. When the showrunner has it takes his finger out of the pie for a few minutes. Exactly, and lets other voices come in. Mm. Because it, I, I have to say, I, I don't... And I do enjoy his episodes en masse, but... I think that when one person's writing all the stories, that you can have more misses than hits with ideas. So if you had it, as you said, with Moffat, if you contained it to two or three episodes, then it can be a lot stronger. Russell T. Davies had a style, you know? Yeah. He was very, well, like, wham, bam, end of the world in your face kind of stuff. And it wasn't great, but at least, uh, like, there, there is at least a, 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 a consistency to it. <laughs> Oh, his ah, Chibnall's episodes. This entire season has just been... I, I just zone out of all of these episodes. I'm like, I don't care about these monsters. I don't care about these characters. I don't care about these plots. There's nothing interesting there. Which is the reason it's not on on Christmas, because nobody cares anymore. And it would be... It would spoil people's Christmases, Ken. That's why. Is it because you hate women? It's because it's the Grinch. No, I actually... I enjoy... I've forgotten her name. <laughs> Jodie Whittaker. Yes, I enjoy Jodie Whittaker's performance. I think her performance is... It's a little too Matt Smith for my taste. But I think... It's a generally a good performance. She, she has been underserved by the script so far. Yeah, it's just she has nothing to do. She's like Peter Capaldi was given meaty material, you know. Yeah, he Peter was. Capaldi is tremendous, but that entire like I think his pinnacle is that two minute rant about war, 
Which, like, that has to be good writing. You have to give him that. Like, Peter Capaldi is really, really good. But you have to meet You have to the material meet him. Or the other the episode where he's stuck in the castle for a thousand years. That's not how it's stuck there for like a million years. A million years. years, whatever it ends up being. He goes over and over and through it over and over again. Like, that's an episode with a really neat narrative construction. Like, that's ideas. And they give Peter Capaldi meat to sink his teeth into. And Jodie Whittaker is just running and flopping and doing, she's doing her best. But there's not much there for her to actually do. Yeah, we talked about it in our Doctor Who preview. On paper, it seemed like a good idea to have kind of a, to have a season where every episode was a different story and not be an, an overall arc and not be connected but it just has as a result lacked coherence and lacked kind of a as you said a consistency or a through line you know there's only so much bradley walsh looking sad can carry the emotional weight of any of these episodes again yeah he's, it's so funny because he talks the exact same way as he does in the chase yeah that's like i've actually seen people coin him as sadly walsh because of how much <laughs> in the show he's just like melancholy looking died. yeah my wife died i'm gonna look into the distance for a while <laughs> they do something interesting with that in this week's episode or last week's episode in that i'll probably hate it <laughs> you, you get a sense of you know the grief is taking a toll on him and he's trying to kind of keep together for his grandson or his step-grandson so mm. i recommend this week's episode Gar, come back to me when you watch that one because i think it is uh, coming to what somewhat of a, a turning point or a turning around and it is because of other voices getting a chance to tell stories i'll probably hate it okay okay agree to disagree so feature segment this week car we're staying on British institutions. Yes, we thought we'd talk about the latest entry in the Harry Potter universe. Ahem. Wizarding World, they call it, Ken. Sorry, the Wizarding World. They dropped the Harry Potter bit, didn't they? It's yeah. just like the Wizarding World. You now. see it, you see it before, in the, the pre-credits, in the credits. Uh, just It's called the Wizarding World. That's what this universe is called. Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald was Again, that L. yesterday. That L is just... He's, his name should be Grindelwald, I'm sorry. I think you'll agree I just nailed it, so... Yeah, you said it fine, I just think it's cumbersome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write to J.K. Rowling and ask her to rename the character. That's what I'm saying. It only opened yesterday, mm-hmm. but it has already grossed a reported $31 million. It costs like $200 million though, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's projected to make at least 205 It's a Harry Potter film. Like, well, it's a, it's a Harry Potter... Like, the best parts of this film... People are actually very upset... Because there's a cameo in this film, which logically doesn't make sense. Who was it? Uh, Professor McGonagall. Oh yeah, sorry, spoilers before you... Yeah, we're going to keep this relatively light on spoilers, but like, there, yeah. it's it's not even an important role. It's literally just a name drop. Yeah. But she wasn't even born, based on the Harry Potter timeline, when this film took place. Yeah. But like, you know, you can kind of explain that away with wizardy, dizzardy. Who cares? Yeah. Like, I don't care. I'm just like, oh, it's Professor McGonagall, and she's speaking in her Professor McGonagall voice. But yeah. The film has 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, based on 200 reviews, with an average rating of 5.4 out of 10. Mm. The website's critical consensus reads, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, nailed it again, mm-hmm. has glimmers of the magic familiar to Harry Potter fans, but the story's spell isn't as strong as earlier installments. And across all the major reviewing sites, it has the lowest score of any film in the wizarding world. Hmm. I liked it more than the other one. I'm sorry. I liked it more than the other one too. I, I can kind of I like there. There's thing. There are sticks you can beat this film that I would say are entirely fair. Like yeah. it's all setting up sequels. 
Like everything in this film exists to set up something in the next film or the film after that because this is five, isn't it? Yeah, the, so, main, the main criticism is that it's basically magical but pointless. Yeah, and like the, the, the film is kind of directionless for a good, I don't know, 60%. <laughs> it's like randomly roaming Paris, which is nice. And this, the main character is one of the least important. Like this film would, this film would move and happen exactly the same. If you took Newt Scamander, Scar- what's his name? Scamander. Scamander. If you took Newt Scamander out of this film, nothing would change about the way this film unfolds. You know, it's true. It's weird because it feels like it's two films. Yeah, it feels like there's a nice little Dumbledore Grindelwald film happening, and then they kind of shoehorn some Fantastic Beasts in there because it's in the name of the freaking sub franchise, I guess. It, that kind of confused me because. Fantastic Beasts has a merit in its own right, probably less appealing and less important. It's just, it's just so like people are. It's American. Like the, the other, it's like it's the Hunger Games catching fire. It's why they didn't just call it catching fire. It's like people know the Fantastic Beasts in the first one, and we want them to know this is a Harry Potter film related to the Harry Potter stuff. Like if they called it the Grimes of Grindelwald, I think that would be a terrible title because who the hell is Grindelwald? True, unless you've read the books, of course. Yeah. Uh, but it feels like, as you said, it's a five-film series. It's, it's starting to outgrow the Fantastic Beasts moniker already. Or like the idea of like, I, I, I like the, the thing that she feels most shoehorned into this film is anything to do with like wacky creatures. Yeah. Because like we put them in there because Newt is in this film and he's apparently the lead character, so uh, he has to do something, I guess. And there's decidedly less than the first film mm. in terms of new creatures. There's the big dragony, liony thing. That's yeah. about it, really. Yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. There's, I think there's one or two more, but nothing that really comes to mind. And like, there's a segment in the middle of this film where it settles on Dumbledore and Hogwarts for, like, I don't know, 15 minutes. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is how it feels. Yeah. It's like, that, that, that's like, oh, this is when this franchise is good. <laughs> this is what I was looking for, because it has the, obviously the iconic score, and you get mm. to see Hogwarts for the first time. It, it, does, time. it does kick up the do-do-do-do-do when they go to Hogwarts, and like, that's the John Williams music, and you can't go wrong. But I suppose the point I'm trying to make is, why don't you just kind of call it Wizarding World uh, hyphen whatever the film is from now on instead of Fantastic Beasts? It doesn't hold as much currency, I don't think. No, but they, they, I think transitioning to the world of Harry Potter presents it or some nonsense. I don't know. It, that's that's marketing. Who gives a shit? Yeah. But uh, yeah, this film is just... Uh, I, I end up really liking it because I think where it gets is pretty interesting. Yeah. Like what it sets up, it doesn't set up something that I'm like... I don't care about this. And there is bits in this film where I'm like, I don't care about this. There's a whole part where they're like explaining the whole like crux of they're, they're chasing like the, the, the family background of the Credence character from the first film. That's plays a pivotal role in this one. And I, uh, there's a big, like the, the entire reveal part of the film for that. I'm like, am I supposed to know who most of these people are? <laughs> Cause there's a lot of names in there. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> There is, and I recognise the surnames because they're characters in the later books. Yeah, you get Lestranges in there. It's like, oh yeah, like Bellatrix. So I didn't try I didn't try to focus on that so much. I didn't think about it too much because I was like, I know the name. They're probably just predecessors of later characters. That's kind of where I left it. You know? Yeah, because I didn't love the first one. I thought the first one felt a little kind of empty to me. It's just like, oh, uh, it's kind of nice that there's creatures, but what's there's not much here. It was, it was the perfect Christmas movie because it was kind of uh, a fantasy romp that's light and, and fun. It's kind of funny as well, though. It's almost following the same route as the original Harry Potter films in that the first one started off all light and airy and completely carefree, but now it's getting darker and darker as time goes on. But as you said, yeah, arguably... A child is murdered in the first, like, ten minutes of this film. <laughs> yeah. 
arguably Newt is the least interesting character but I think that's uh, that's going to be a big problem for them and that as I said take Newt out of this film can the film plays out exactly the same he is he's a non-factor but the narrative seems determined plays him at the centre of it regardless you know? yeah whereas like realistically these should be Dumbledore films so let's face it yeah I know I know he wanted to make them I know Fantastic Beasts was the name of the book but like this is going to become and like the big the fake face down is Dumbledore against Grindelwald if you know your Harry Potter lore you know like what happens there already but yeah Newt just I'm sorry you can't build these films around Newt anymore he's not interesting there's nothing there either that or you should have had Fantastic Pieces be its own series and the the Grindelwald Dumbledore prequel be its own series as well oh sorry you you want two different sub franchises within the Harry Potter universe yeah because it just feels like as you said you're trying to shoehorn in two things that don't fit together but I will say I'm happy that they did go in that direction because you know obviously it's only I, I think that when, when the film gets there it's really good yeah it's only been alluded to briefly in the Deathly Hallows I think it was a couple of chapters and mm-hmm. that was the bit that really hooked me about that book I know that all the other stuff played out in the franchise and you know things came to an end and, and all the, the storylines came to, to a head but that was some of the stuff that really intrigued me you know Dumbledore's Dumbledore back, background and you know how we possibly wasn't always the most altruistic person that we has can to be a tendency to send people to die to do his yeah. bidding that's, that's the thing he kind of does he just seems like a bit of a puppet master he pulls the strings a lot and manipulates people but mm. like for the greater good i guess yeah, one would hope so yeah so i'm glad to see it go in this direction but i wonder how they manage nude from now on that's i think that's going to be a very different uh, jk rowling is writing these films yeah so it's like it's her characters that's the point i was making she seems like maybe she'll write more books but she seems kind of be shifting the wizarding world or her writings on the future and the past of the wizarding world from the page onto the stage and the film screen and i'm glad to see that she's directly involved as well she's she's gonna write sequels like a hundred percent she's gonna write sequels especially because we've established like there can be two evil horrible wizards there's gonna there's gonna be another evil horrible wizard it's probably gonna be one of the people we know and love that's gonna turn bad for some reason and then there's gonna be sequels you know Hermione's gonna turn evil for some reason and Hermione and Harry will have to have this big evil wizard fight if you follow the trope it'd be more likely to be one of Harry's kids mm, it's true kind of like Star Wars no that's the that's the crux of the play though isn't it is it? I haven't seen it. The Cursed Child? I think so. I think that's like the crux of the play. I, I read the play. I didn't see the play. The, and like, the, you know, the way they sold it as a book. Which yeah, it doesn't read as a book. It, does, it doesn't. It doesn't read as a book. But I, I, if I remember right, that's the premise of that. So she has written a sequel, but still. What are your thoughts on the performances of Johnny Depp as Grindelwald and Jude Law as Dumbledore? Um... I don't know. I think... I think uh, further you got into the film, the more you got... He had to like to do that was interesting because toward the start of the film he's like this charismatic leader and I don't really read him as all that charismatic in this film kind of aloof and kind of his motivations are kind of mysterious and all that yeah like in in, in the first 10 minutes they're like oh his silver tongue tends to win a lot of people over and it's like I didn't see that at all until maybe the very end I suppose we didn't see a lot of him in the last one so we, oh yeah he stuff. was I forgot he was even he was Colin Farrell in the last one yeah exactly until the very end so all this had to be established in this film but I do think as you said as he had more to do and he, as the film went on he did grow into the role he's kind of default Johnny Depp in a lot of ways yeah there's not much Jack Sparrow there I feel like default Johnny Depp is just Jack Sparrow not total Jack Sparrow but kind of Johnny Depp doing a British accent mm. he's done that quite a lot in the last few years mm. uh, Dumbledore I'm into know? it you're into it I'm into it I think it's Dumbledore's 
interesting it's complicated yeah you can see in every delivery of his line there's more there than just the delivery of the line and maybe that they go probably too far into that where it's like everything he says has a double meaning about his past but yeah, i think that's more i think that's more interesting than everything he says is just exposition in a film or newt in which everything he says is just kind of pointless i think it's a really capable and accomplished performance but at the same time the only thing that kind of really took me out of uh, the only thing that really took me out of it was i'm not really seeing where this person like, i'm not really seeing how this person turns into dumbledore that we know and not seeing I, I wouldn't say like that's young dumbledore it doesn't connect for me as such i don't know i think that i think the way his students react to him they kind of establish that yeah that that, that that he is kind and considerate and brings out the best in people and people you know we talked about how he has a tendency to send people to die or be the puppet master he only has that because people are fond of him and and uh, like th- think highly of him after they're his teacher yeah some might say there was a more natural choice in richard richard harris's son uh jared harris just so you have the resemblance yeah uh, but uh, the resemblance is I, I would have liked that but even then Richard Harris is technically only Dumbledore for two of the seven films yeah and the person does Michael we, Gambon have a son yeah the person we know more as Dumbledore you know doesn't have a kind of a, maybe he does have a son that acts maybe we should look into that when do you think Dumbledore does the Richard Harris or the the Michael Gambon one come to mind I actually probably enjoyed Richard Harris more but Gambon comes into my mind because he's just just for longer and he was you see when i think dumbledore the first image is from i think it's the philosopher's stone when he's sitting at the bedside of harry at yeah. the very end so like that that's where like my brain goes so clearly richard harris left a, a, a bigger impact on my mind yeah it just always felt like a shame to me that he died so young mm. remember, well he wasn't young but he died before he could do more and could well he needed plenty yeah. <laughs> but no. before he could fulfill that role which i think he would have done a great deal of a great job not that michael gammon did a bad job with it but i just and also richard harris is irish so he's clearly better at it michael gammon was born in ireland yeah we'll tell you he's okay he's he's more one we have to kind of claim <laughs> claim by force <laughs> but yeah apparently uh richard harris only did it because his grandchild loved the books in, in fairness it would have been a good role yeah. You know, it's not like uh, your man who did Ivan Ooze for the paycheck, or <laughs> it's like, all right, yeah, I, I can get why you'd be ashamed of it. But like, like by the time you get to the seventh or well, the eighth film of that, those Harry Potter films, I, I think there's plenty to sink your teeth into and and, and plenty to, to suggest about that role. <laughs> Suggesting being the key word, and they're not suggested much about Dumbledore anymore, thankfully, actually, but... Yeah. People get mad about that. It's like, oh, they're now just making it clear he's gay. And it's like... No. Yay! Yeah. Seeing people like that on screen is normal and to be celebrated and yeah. expected. They're forcing it in there. It only ever feels like they're forcing it in there because it's abnormal. <laughs> like, people are like, oh, it's like, you never think they're forcing straight characters into things because they're always in things. It's like, why are they forcing gay characters into these? They're not. They're putting them there. But the only reason it seems out of place is because you treat it like it's out of place. And the only way it becomes normal is by doing, doing it, it a lot. Yeah. And then it becomes a thing that just happens and no one talks about it and nobody cares and everybody's happy because they see themselves in culture. Grr. Grr. A couple more points before we move on to mm-hmm. the rest of the festive season what's on the agenda for Cinema Gores. The dangers of populism and division have long been a theme of the book. It's kind of the overall arc of the book, really, yeah. if you think about it. Basically, we're wizards. We deserve to be the best. And even, like, Hermione is mocked for being a, a, a half-breed, a mudblood. But this message seems to be a peak saturation in our pop culture these days. It, it does, f- like, yeah. 
do you think it feels like too on the nose like oh we're commentating on society or do you think it, it works better because of how the current world is <laughs> it kind of works better because i think it's one of the more nuanced depictions of it and it's not, I, I don't think it was written with the well maybe looking at jk rowling's twitter a lot maybe it was but i don't think it was written with the intent of being a commentary on society directly on the current state of society i guess to be more specific and you can give her a pass because it has been a theme throughout her writings all the way back to the 90s yeah voldemort so. voldemort's that's a problem that they might run into as well that voldemort and grindelwald are kind of the same character a little yeah and they might have to flesh out ways in which i think voldemort's more like horribly evil and maybe grindelwald's more like charismatic leader but has an agenda in the sense that you can kind of see where he's coming from because he just has a different worldview but it's just you know drastic and starkly opposed to most liberal people you know yeah like you, he makes the big case in the film that they have to stop the future events of mankind crumbling or whatever and it's like well you could just you know help them yeah <laughs> you could just be like if, if you know the future this uh, is it we're gonna we're gonna openly spoil this film for like a minute yeah Basically, Grindelwald says, that, like, he sees the future of World War II and is like, we have to intervene to stop the world from destroying itself. And, like, in theory, you'd be like, okay, cool, that's, okay, that's a good idea, but why not just stop the Germans? <laughs> like, you, you don't have to take over humanity to intervene to prevent a war you know is going to happen. I think the subtext there is that he's not really concerned about the world war because obviously wizards are, can protect themselves and they're likely not to be affected by it but mm. he's it's his rhetoric or his propaganda that he's using as a justification for what he wants okay does that make sense but still the uh, people following him should be like can we not just stop hitler <laughs> do we really have to take over the entire world to prevent this which well, I guess he could make the case, oh, it'll happen again. And oh. we know better, and we are the for, best people what, to what, have dominion over the earth, is what he's arguing, I think. What's his line? The greater good for the greater good. End of Harry Potter. Actually, end of Harry Potter spoilers? Yeah. There, there is one more. I think we'll leave it because it is a major spoiler. That's that's the big crux of the film. Yeah, so we'll leave that. Moving on to the rest of the Christmas season, Gary, we'll run down these pretty quickly, but we'll, we just wanted to talk about what's coming and, you know, whether we're going to watch it or pass on it and what we're anticipating so out now gar is the grinch who cares starring benedict cumberbatch don't care they couldn't possibly care it's a good christmas movie <laughs> sure and the last one with jim carrey i wasn't a fan of this one is from the makers of despicable me it's also like 90 minutes long which helps yeah i i, wouldn't, I think i'm gonna go see it i still don't care though i don't care maybe on one of those mornings where it's cheaper but yeah and Benedict Cumberbatch is a natural choice for the Grinch. He has that kind of a voice. He's cranky looking, all right, isn't he? Thanks, Kara. That's not me. That's you. But that's me, actually, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, don't you blame me. <laughs> Normally, you're the one on your phone and causing noise. Don't you picking me. Yeah, Grinch, who cares? Aquaman, starring Jason Momoa and others, is out. <laughs> others, because I don't know anyone else in that film, is out on December 13th. I didn't see the trailer until last night. We went to see Harry Potter last night. We did. And we saw the trailer beforehand was Aquaman. My God, this looks like the worst film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Jason Momoa just feels like he's phoning it in already. It's just like there is like, you, you, it's because he's half man, half Atlantan. And it's like, 
you can't be the leader. It's not that you can't be the leader because you're not one of us. That makes you the best leader. As like, it's like a parody of these films. It, it does. It feels that this film is going to be the worst film of all time. I'm sorry, unless unless it leans into that and it has an absurdness to it. But I don't think it is. I think it's meant to be taken sincerely. And if that's the case, this film looks atrocious. All Momoa's dialogue in the trailer is like one-liners. Broy, broy, bro, bro, broy, broy, bro. That's basically it. That's the film. I can't even sum it up anymore. <laughs> and I really, I find it very hard to take an Aquaman movie seriously because it was the main plot for many seasons of the show Entourage. I feel like you just exposed yourself as an Entourage viewer. <laughs> no, it's one of those ones I watched in and out because it was on like RT when we had sure. like the, the poverty package. Sure. But it's kind of a gag. It was a running gag that, you know, nobody wanted him to be Aquaman or nobody thought the movie could be made. And then he got fired as Aquaman. So it's just like Aquaman was made out to be a joke in that in that. Show. Aquaman has been made out to be a joke within the DC Cinematic Extended Universe, which is the correct name for it. Go ahead. DCEU. Let me hear your hypothesis. No, just in general. He's a, he's a punchline. He's stupid. No one cares. <laughs> He's a dumb jock. He's a, he's only been in one film. He's only been in Justice League. And I'm just like, nah. I never, I'm never, never, just nah. I'll probably see this because it's going to be awful. That's but. what I was about to say. It will probably still get my money because I just want to see what the car crash is like. I hope this is good. I hope this just shocks me. I go in there it's like, you know what? <laughs> this may be an unpopular opinion, Gar, but I was pleasantly surprised by Justice League. And I think this oh, could be Justice League is fine. Same. Justice yeah. League is a good, solid, okay film. It's not great, but it's not terrible. And it's occasionally good. So job done, I guess. But th- this just looks like the worst. It just looks like the worst. This one I'm really looking forward to, and I have been for a long time. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, mm. starring Shemek Moore and as Spider-Man. Or uh, there's Miles a lot of there's a lot of Spider-Man in this film. Sorry, I you explain. can't just say as Spider-Man. As the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man, Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy, but she's also like female Spider-Man. Spider, spider, spider chick. Mahershala. What's the most condescending way you could call a female Spider-Man? I don't know. I think Spider Chick would be up there. Yeah. Mahershala, Mahershala, Spider Gal. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get this out here. Give me, give me, Brittany. Mahershala. Spider Lass. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I was waiting for you to get back to it. <laughs> Mahershala, Mahershala, the guy from uh, Moonlight, <laughs> as Mahershala. Dad, Mahershala, there he is, Ali. And Jake Johnson. Nick Miller! Nick Miller as Peter Parker. Yeah. The original Spider-Man. Fat old drunk Spider-Man. Yeah. It's coming out on December 14th. I say fat old. He's basically like in his 20s. Like late 20s or early 30s. Yeah, but he seems quite jaded by being Spider-Man at that point. Washed up hack. At that point, he'd probably be Spider-Man for about half his life. So I guess that's why. I don't care. Nick, I hate Spider-Man. It's by Columbia Pictures and Sony Animation. It has a very interesting style in that it's it's kind of got a comic book style, but the frame rate uh, slower. Mm. So that might seem a bit jarring, but it just kind of creates that kind of papery effect. That's yeah. Really w- watch the trailer, and you you will be struck by the visuals, which I think, in certain circumstances, they can look a little cheap. Yeah. But also there, and in others, they look extraordinarily visually striking. So we'll see where it comes out. But for the most part, the the trailer looks great. Lots of Spider Man. I always loved that about the the nineties Fox Kids cartoon. Yeah. About all those multiple Spider Man and the the different universes and all that mad web web shite. 
like good more of that this good, is a film of it yeah good tongue-in-cheek gags doesn't take itself too seriously nick miller you know it's kind of a, a halfway house to see miles morales on the big screen so it's not even it's not even halfway house it's a film <laughs> i know but some people say it should be a live action one but sure will be eventually probably yeah anticipating this one Probably one of the biggest films of the year, Gar, Mary Poppins Returns, mm-hmm. starring Emily Blunt, Lynn manuel Miranda in the chimney sweep role, basically, okay. and Meryl Streep in a role that I'm not quite sure of, December 19th. It picks up with the grown Banks children who have lost their sense of magic and wonder. Sure. Is Julie Andrews going to be in it? I don't think so. She's still alive. Yeah, Emily Blunt is Mary Poppins. Is, is Julie Andrews still acting? Not actively, I would say, but she's like on occasion. She'll pop up here and there. She might have a cameo. I'd say she would. It would be uh, fair. They probably have to back boatloads of money up to her, but it's Disney. Yeah. They have it if they want it. It would be very nice to have a Julie Andrews cameo, but yeah. Lin Manuel Miranda is writing the songs. Yeah, he wrote a couple of the songs. I see how saying his name tripped you up as well. Listen, Lin Manuel Miranda. You, well, obviously you're going to get it right the second time. Can't Alexander you? Hamilton. I will not miss my. Sh- I don't know the Hamilton soundtrack. I'm sorry. I'm just like, nah. P.L. Travers, Gar, probably will not be very happy with this film. Well, they made another film about her not being happy about these films. So they'll have to make a, th- a third film about her coming back from the dead. T- is she dead? She's dead, yeah. Okay. Of course she's dead. I don't know. She could have been like 102. Well, the film was made in the, six, or the 60s or the 50s and she was quite old then, Gar. She could be 102. But yeah, they, they made a whole film about that, which was made by Disney. <laughs> how Walt Disney basically duped her into making the film but it was Tom Hanks so it seemed charming uh, <laughs> yeah and yeah so they'll have to make an entire film about her coming back from the dead to be uh, grumpy about the fact that they made a sequel to one of her books I think I can hear her rolling in her grave as we speak basically I think she took umbrage with the fact that there was animation Dolores Umbridge yes speaking of Harry Potter tying her segments together the animation she didn't like she thought they kind of whitewashed her story because in the books apparently she's quite a lot more straight-laced and it's about morals and ethics and stuff like that not about joy and happiness yeah they made a bit of she's just medicine she's no spoonful of sugar exactly so it's too much whimsy for her liking and she swore that she'd never let disney make another film based on mary poppins but of course then she died and her family are like hell yeah money give us us that cash money which is probably the third generation at this stage it's like what's that money so Disney probably own it at this stage, like flat out own it, right? They probably got the rights. I'd say they bought the rights off the fat I would say. I would have thought so. Disney own everything because that's the way they work and they're going to own you and everything you love. Gar, it's a busy season for Hayley Seinfeld because she's also starring in Bumblebee with John Cena on December 21st. This is, of course, a Transformers spinoff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird because... Is John Cena playing a car? No, he's playing a soldier. Oh, Kind of like the Mark Wahlberg. He's just basically substituting Mark Wahlberg because he's Mark Wahlberg light. Technically, he's the substitute for the substitute. He's like like the poor man's the poor man's Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) Yeah. I think it was the right thing to do to stop the Transformers franchise and spin it off at this point. Shia LaBeouf! Yeah. Bring back Shia LaBeouf! (laughs) But they kind of needed to take it in a fresh direction and, and, and make it relevant again. This one is set in the 80s, so it's kind of a prequel. You know, we were talking about how our uncle died? Yeah. And like, it's our uncle on our dad's side. And, you know, we went to see Harry Potter last night, and I came back into. Uh, I came back home last night, and the first words from dad is like, is, This is the day he found out his uncle died. Age of Extinction is great. And I'm like, What? <laughs> <laughs> how badly has this gone in the three hours I've been gone? It's like, No, he's just watching Transformers. Yeah. 
That's, that'd, that'd be quite, quite a dramatic thing to call the day someone died <laughs> yeah. the age of extinction. We're all going down the drain. I was like, oh. Yeah. The trailer looks fun. I think it's kind of breezier than the the franchise have become. It can be quite a bit self-serious after a while. How's Michael Bay involved? I don't think he is. Maybe as a producer. Mm. Uh, John Cena, you know, good role for him. There's been one, like, utter, utter hindrance on these films. They have been super long. Yeah. Like, the the more recent ones have been two and a half hours. I think one of them hit, like, 240. What, the, the one about the night? The... The Last Night, I think it is. Something like that. I think that was like 2.40. I'm like, these films do not need to be 2 hours 40 minutes long. They're about robots fighting each other. Yeah, you should get about 20 minutes of plot and then 70 minutes of robot punching and that's the film. Yeah. They kept getting made because of China, I think, isn't it? Yeah, basically these films have been rampantly successful in China, so they're making films for China. Which are all part to them. Yeah. That's what the Chinese like. Let them make the films the Chinese like. You don't have to go see this. I should say, I'm undecided on whether I'll see Mary Poppins, but I might see Bumblebee. I'll see how reviews are. If it's, like, charming and a little silly, cool. Yeah, like it's com- a, a coming-of-age robot. John Cena being a soldier doesn't give me much. It's, like, it's going to be militaristic, maybe, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but it kind of has a sweet story where Bumblebee meets uh, this girl who he bonds with, and, you know, they both kind of come of age at the same time. So there's some could be something sweet in there, you know. I feel like the Bumblebee spinoff is ten years too late. It needed to capitalize earlier. I feel like Bumblebee was the breakout star of the very first one, which was what, like 2006 or something? Yeah, it's, it's a long time ago now. And now we're in 2018 and they're like, Bumblebee. That's who the kids want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Not a great Christmas film period, is it? Yeah, we talked about this uh, before. Like, the Christmas period has become kind of a, a mini blockbuster period. Because, like, even if you go back to the early 2000s, that's when Lord of the Rings films came out. Yeah. And the Hobbit films came out of Christmas, and, so, and recently it's been Star Wars season. Yeah, so and there is more films, more big films coming out because I think. Oh, like, we, we missed the big one. Did we? Which is out soon. What is it? Ralph. Red. Ralph takes what's the the Wreck Ralph Two. Wreck Ralph Two. Ralph breaks the internet. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's out in a couple of weeks. Which I I I insist it's the Emoji film. They've remade the Emoji film. They ripped it off. I don't know if it was good or not. But if you watch that film and you you were like the, the emoji film is the worst thing in the history of mankind, I I, I, I don't think you can you can hold Wreck-It Ralph two up on a pedestal. But we'll see. I really liked the first one. I didn't. I, I think it's it's fine. It's decent. But of the like recent Disney Renaissance, Disney Renaissance two maybe. Uh, I think it's the week. Well, actually, I think Princess and the Frog is the weakest. I think this I, is the second weekest. I call it Disney's new Renaissance. 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 That makes it sound like it's bad. <laughs> Still. <laughs> it feels to me like this didn't need a sequel. No, it didn't. But rarely things do. They just want to make money. Also, Mario. Mario's not in it or Bowser's not in it. it that fe- was kind of the cool thing about the first one, like the video game crossovers. It feels like it's the Avengers of Disney animation films and that there's loads of Disney princesses in it and appearances. So they're just kind of, hey, I recognize this or I like this. They're trying to appeal broadly to a lot of people. And I feel like the pre- the premise of them taking it to the internet means they will make a very a, a bunch of like internet-related meme references that will be out of date by the time this film hits theaters, never mind in a year. But we'll see. I still want to see it. And I think I will. But I am apprehensive as to whether it will be good or not. Mm. So that's it. What are your thoughts on the crimes of Grindelwald? Nailed it again, Garrett. That's how you say it. Shut up. You still think there should be no L, I imagine? I'm, I'm, I don't think there should be. I'm never wrong. 
And which movies are you most looking forward to this Christmas? You can let us know on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK or if you're a person of few words, you can share your thoughts on Twitter. Where can I find us on Twitter, Kerr? Before that, in the script, you put fa- uh, Facebook at Facebook, but you use the at symbol. Yeah. I guarantee it took you longer to hold shift and find the at symbol on your keyboard than it would have taken you to just type at. Just get on with it, okay? You can find us on Twitter at symbol TWSKK. I see what you did there, you uh, jerk. Set up a punchline. Okay, true believers. We've come to the end of our show for this week. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to click play or download on the podcast. You can find a new episode every weekend at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. That's where you'll also find our other show, Podcast A Week, and the entire back catalogue of the weekend show. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud so you never miss any of the podcasts on the TWS network. Speaking of which, if you are a weekend show populist and you are wondering what is the best way to spread your podcast propaganda, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You will find our feed under TWS Network. In appreciation, we will send you a real magic wand via owl mail. Didn't you have a magic wand for your graduation? I did. Stupid nerd. You get to wear robes, obviously, when you graduate, and I brought a wand with me just for the photos. And I'm not a nerd, I'm amazing. Warning, one may not actually perform magical acts and is highly likely to make you look foolish in public. Like you, for your graduation. If you're at UCC, it would look like you were in Hogwarts too, so. Yeah, I missed out on that because I'm not allowed to go to university. Yes. Next week, we explore the phenomenon of child stars from big movies who burned bright only to fade away from the limelight after a few short years. And we also ask the question, where are they now? Where are they, Garrett? I don't know. Who knows? We were brought to you this week by our sponsor, the Toy Story 4 trailer, reminding you that it's a thing too, and is much better than Pikachu in an adorable detective hat. That's just factually untrue. Our theme music is by Blue Wild Productions, and until next time, say goodbye, Gary. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everybody. (laughs) 